Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Welcome, welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I am your host today, Pam Marvin. This is a beautiful December 30th, just freshly after Christmas. I'm so excited today in the studio. While we have pre-recorded it, I'm very excited to have my dear friend Megan Silas with me in the control room today. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's such a blessing to be here. I'm so glad you are. I just love getting to have this time with Megan. And I thought, you know what? Let's do a very special podcast slash Red Sea Roundup all rolled up in one for this end of the year show, which we'll be talking about. My foster father and yours, St. Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. But before we do that, I wanted to turn it over to to um, Dennis a little bit and talk about the year, wrapping up the year. Nice little bow on it for Red Sea. Merry Christmas, yeah, Megan Merry Christmas. and Pam. How are y'all? Great. Awesome. Yeah, me too. It's great. Yay, we are, are uh, probably all of us while we're uh, airing this are all on our trips to uh, Christmas land, wherever that is with family and friends yeah. and taking some time at the end of the year to refresh. Yes, and you got a big event coming up here in January for your uh, family. Yeah, our first wedding yeah. in the family is coming up. So, so mid-January. Exciting. So good. Oh my gosh, never again will one of my daughters get married after Christmas. <laughs> right I was going to I thought you were going to stop with just never again will one of my daughters get married. I'm like they may have something <laughs> else to say about that. That, that actually I should have ended it. I, I'll edit that part out and we'll just end yeah. that sentence, you know. You know, we'll you know right what? Mary got married um January 15th. Yeah, so it's very similar. It it's, was like almost not a Christmas, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just go straight into wedding planning. That's kind of where we've been. Yeah, so we're, we're going to certainly enjoy the Christmas season for its full duration yeah, this year. Yeah, the 12 days of Christmas. Mm-hmm, indeed, and longer. Yeah. So, so radio station, go back year in review a little it's bit. It's been a heck of a year. Yeah. A lot of year of uncertainty for all of us, of course. Um, but, you know, God has blessed us. And through the generosity of our supporters, we continue to be blessed and we're thriving and surviving and surviving and thriving. Let's just reverse that. But, um, you know, who knows what God has in store for for Red Sea for 2021. But we do know we want to continue to uh, continue on our mission of educating the domestic church, which is all of you, our Red Sea family and each of our families. And so. You know, this is a special year coming up. We have the year of St. Joseph. Yes, indeed. So we're very excited about it. The opportunities that that's going to provide for us to give some further education on St. Joseph, what he means to all of us, um, what he means to our station. And we're going to uh, do a lot of education and a lot of spots, probably a lot of roundup interviews, um, such as the one today on St. Joseph and... Um, you know, we're very, very excited about uh, what's to come. Yes, I'm I'm looking forward to 2021. Yeah. Not that I'm expecting it to be like it was before. So you'll have to tune in to the podcast with uh, Shoulder to Shoulder with Megan and myself. And we as we reflect on what we're expecting for 2021. Yeah, that was um, the episode that we just aired. Uh, or actually, we published on December 18th. So, and okay. so, yeah, so go back and look at that. 
people can go to our website and uh, actually, you know, if that no one has noticed, we redesigned our website just recently as far as simplifying things into uh, distinct categories and uh, listen to us as one of our categories. And if you pull down on there and click on podcast, you can see all of the shoulder to shoulder episodes as well as our other multiple Red Sea Radio podcasts that we have. And while you're there, you can click the donate button because, as you know, many places um, have really struggled during this year, and the Mm -hmm. radio station is no exception. So we appreciate your generosity. So you can go to the website at Red Sea Radio to donate or become a member of our Immaculata Society Mm -hmm. as well, which is a lot of extra benefits too. And the Immaculata Society is basically those that give on an automated recurring monthly basis, either through a uh, bill pay check of their own that they send in each month without a reminder or a monthly credit or debit uh, pulled from their account. So it's just, it's our bread and butter. It really helps keep us afloat month by month. And, uh, you know, we are a nonprofit. So if you do have an end of year tax donation, write that on your check. And uh, we would be very grateful for any Generosity. We've had a lot of generosity, a lot of generosity being poured our way here at the end of this year. Right. So, so thankful for our God. listeners, our our contributors, oh, yeah. our, our people who donate and and who listen. So we're really thankful for that. So yeah, keep listening. We're going to continue to focus on the Holy Family, as you know. Uh, yes. Just recently was the feast of the Holy Family. I think you were going to talk about some of that, but that really is our mission: is is educating the Holy mm. Family on the beauty of our Catholic faith, and. Um, there's just so much to teach, and so it uh, feels like so little time to teach it, you know? Right. So I like to just point out that the Feast of the Holy Fam- Family commemorates their life together, and the celebration focuses on religious family life. So in other words, the domestic church, as we're talking about mm-hmm. here on on Red Sea Radio, which I think it's really cool how God's done this in my life to have— Another aspect, um, when I'm not volunteering at Red Sea Radio, I uh, work with natural family planning mm-hmm. as a fertility care practitioner, helping to build healthy, holy marriages um, as another kind of a side ministry that I feel fortunate enough to actually get paid to do. So I have a big heart for um, holy families, healthy mom and dad. Another reason for the podcast with Megan is building holy relationships. So I'm really thankful for that. Megan, do you have a favorite thing about the holy family? Well, you know, as we were talking about holy family, the thing that actually came to mind um, was, you know, all the the dust up about uh, the recent Vatican nativity set and how, you know, so many people were like, Oh my gosh, this is not attractive. This is yucky. And, just wasn't resonating with people, right? And and I was I was one of those people who wasn't I, resonating. I personally with. think it's kind of like a crossover between uh, little people figurines <laughs> and like Beetlejuice. It's just yeah, a okay. I can I can see scary that. Little I can definitely see that. Set. But you know, I was really trying to get at thinking about okay, why is it that it's it's bothersome to me and to so many people. And I was really thinking about the beauty of so many nativity scenes. And what do we find beautiful about them? And one of the things that I think just is so compelling about them is that image of the Holy Family. It's the image of a mother and a father and a child and the love that is shared between them. And so often in nativities, um, 
you'll either see kind of one of two scenes. One scene will be often just like a mother and father, you know, Mary and Joseph sort of gazing at the baby Jesus in the uh, manger. And there's just like such love uh, uh, that they're gazing at them. And the, you know, the baby's just there and he's so dependent on them, but then you know who he is, you know, he's God. And, Mm -hmm. And so this idea that, this mutual dependence upon each other as a family is so beautiful. But then some of the images are also Mary's holding baby Jesus and often almost invariably when that's happening, she'll be seated and Joseph will be standing and he'll be standing over them Mm -hmm. in this loving protection, protection with staff in hand, with staff in hand invariably Mm -hmm. there. So this sense of his fatherhood in his, in his humanity being father to Jesus and being spouse to Mary in that beautiful masculine way. And so when, when I was thinking about the nativity, that's lost. The one that's in the Vatican now, it doesn't draw you into that familial relationship of love that exists between them. It just doesn't have that same like loving gaze and protective sense of of Joseph over Mary and the baby Jesus. Like you have that huge angel, which seems to just overwhelm everything. And then the family almost, it seems to become secondary lost. (laughs) So yeah, it really was like, as we were talking about it, I just really thought it just does get to the heart of how compelling the image of a family is and how it moves our hearts, hearts of longing to experience that, that loving circle that it's exists so within the family. Of it. Yeah. There's a completeness of it. That's yeah. just mm-hmm. beautiful. And so gracious of God to have entered into that and have sanctified it and elevated it in such a way by becoming a baby himself and having mm-hmm. human parents. It's really profound mystery the beauty of it yes i i read in the magnificat i thought it was so beautiful it said he became what he was not and still fully who he was Mm. i loved that that's kind of like kind of a twister but i thought that was really good in his humanity there in the manger that holy family to me is i think it's something that we can all really contemplate because there's so so much that we're getting wrong in the culture and um, we need to restore it. And I think that's the one thing we need to do is just to always fix our gaze back on that, you know, terrestrial Trinity, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just a right. thing yes. for me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to think of it that way. And oh, on that side note, I thought it was really cute. I heard someone say, if it's the year of St. Joseph this year that Pope Francis has uh, declared it, does that mean we all have to be silent? <laughs> we probably could stand nice. for more of oh, that. Me, for true. sure. I, I always struggle with talking too much. That's mm-hmm. maybe why I like being on radio. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's uh, it's a great time to focus on our families and the family in general throughout this year. I just have a feeling um, that there will be many more attacks on the family, especially as this year progresses, and not just this year, but just as things are progressing in the future. There are more and more attacks on the family itself and right. the, the institution of the family. So that's something that we really, I think, 
need to keep focus on and all we do, especially throughout our radio programming throughout this year. So, right. Well, it's a cornerstone of society. And so um, the devil is going to try and mm-hmm. knock it off and, and crush that stone. And in some ways, it's been very successful. But then there are those of us who are out there trying to ring that bell so greatly. Um, the Red Sea Radio being a primary one, the mm-hmm. religious education for this domestic church. Mm-hmm. What we really are, are founded upon, and and it's been our mission and our inspiring goal um, since the founding, since you know twelve years ago. Yeah, when and first I just got the call. I just thank you so much, Dennis, for just mm. as a listener, how much I benefit listening to the, uh, my favorite shows and nuggets that I get. You know, just amazing how God does that. Where. You may hear something one day and the next day you actually can put it into practice because his timing is so beautiful. And I'm just so thankful for Catholic radio and just the education and just the love and the positiveness that you feel when you start to Mm -hmm. listen to some people like that stalwart voice and steadfastness of Patrick Madrid or the uh, intellectual um, curiosity and um, just goodness of old Drew Mariani as he looks at the world through our Catholic eyes. It's really just such so beneficial. Well, thanks be to God. So we are are hoping to uh, launch several new initiatives throughout this next year. Um, just stay tuned because we've got a lot more planned. I mean, this podcast that uh, we're uh, co-joining with Red Sea Roundup today, why don't, uh, Megan, why don't you share a little bit about that? We've got about two minutes left till the break. Kind of introduce people if they haven't heard about Shoulder to Shoulder. Right. And then we'll wrap that up before well, we go to the break. Well, for me, it's it's definitely some, one of the good things that's come out of 2020 is mm-hmm. uh, this show starting. Um, it's something that uh, Pam and I got together uh, on to discuss how we can grow in healthy, holy relationships. Just really understanding that God works profoundly in our lives through our relationships. Um, and so... So often we struggle in these areas. I think particularly during these times where there's been so many strains on relationships to just find ways to grow in our own personal formation, to grow in our understanding of God and how he loves us through others and how we can love others through uh, the way we interact in our relationships has just been a really beautiful way of coming together and, yes. and talking about some, you know, challenging issues, um, interesting issues about how we relate to one another and how we can continue to strive to be this family of God mm-hmm. that God wants all of us to be as Christians. We are, we are called to be this body of Christ that functions together in harmony. And um, that doesn't always just happen, you know, easy peasy. Like sometimes it takes some work and uh, we can always use a little bit of guidance on uh, how to walk that path. So it's just been such a blessing to me to be back engaged with Red Sea uh, Radio and to get to see Pam and Dennis uh, regularly. The blessing has been ours, I tell you. It's been great. We've recorded 23 episodes as of today. Praise be to God. Yeah. Thanks be to God. Y'all should tune in to Red Sea Radio forward slash podcast. And we are about to head to the break. Pam, why don't you wrap that up? Yes. After the break, we'll be talking about St. Joseph, our foster father.
Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup and a special episode of Shoulder to Shoulder. Joining me today is my my dear friend, Megan Silas, who she and I have been hard at work in this 2020 year of sharing our love for our friendship to start off with and trying to just pass along a little wisdom that maybe we've gleaned or that we learn along the way um, about relationships. So welcome. That's right. So it's great uh, to be doing this sort of joint uh, yeah. podcast slash Red Sea Roundup episode for those of you who are shoulder to shoulder listeners, but aren't uh, Red Sea Radio Roundup listeners. Um, shoulder to Shoulder is produced by Red Sea Catholic Radio, which is located in College Station, Texas. And uh, we are so blessed to have the beautiful people here uh, produce our show, uh, the podcast, and we l- sort of live on, on the website and app for Red Sea Catholic Radio. But in addition to this podcast, you know, there are a number of uh, live shows that happen on Red Sea Radio, and um, Roundup is one of them. Yes. So this, this episode is simultaneously going to be a roundup episode that gets aired on the radio as well as a podcast episode for shoulder to shoulder. So it's fun. Yeah. I've deemed it the crossover. I was asking Megan, I said, Hey, do you mind doing a crossover where we do roundup and shoulder to shoulder at the same time to give a little more airtime to um, our passion and love that we've really enjoyed doing shoulder to shoulder and talking about relationships. I know just in the course of this year and listening and talking with Megan and talking through relationship issues that I've learned a lot myself, just even being a part of um, being a host. So we hope that you will really uh, tune in. It's going to be, you can find it on Spotify. You can also so get it on Podbean or on the Red Sea Radio app, which is my favorite personally. Um, with that, I want us to start talking about this topic today that Megan brought up to me because um, it is now been declared the year of St. Joseph. That's right. So on December 8th, which is the feast, uh, the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception, uh, Pope Francis declared that it would be the year of St. Joseph. And he in his he wrote an apostolic letter, which was called, you'll hear it in Latin, Patris Corde, which is with a father's heart. And in it, he talks about how um, this is this year marks the 150th anniversary of the de- declaration of St. Joseph as patron of the universal church. So in order to mark that, um, that anniversary, he's proclaimed this as a year of St. Joseph, which has never been done in the history of the church before. Amazing. We have never had a year of St. Joseph. And I think it's just a beautiful, timely thing that he's declared this. You know, I'll be perfectly honest. I am not always like 100% like, woohoo, Pope Francis. There are some things that I struggle with with him. I mean, that just is. But I loved this declaration. I love what he has to say in the apostolic letter. And so I'm going to bring in some quotes from that as we talk uh, on this topic. Um, But I really think that declaring this as a year of St. Joseph isn't just about St. Joseph and his um, role as guardian of the church, guardian of the family. 
It's also about spiritual fatherhood. I think mm. that's something that we want to talk about in this episode yes. about uh, the need for spiritual fathers in our lives and, so and what that means and what that looks like when it's lived well and how that can impact us so profoundly. Um, you know, in the early, in the beginning of uh, when we were talking before the podcast started, but on the Roundup show, uh, we talked about uh, the Holy Family and, and how important that image is to us of understanding God's love for us and how he came into a family and how there's a mother and a father. And we need beautiful examples of fatherhood in this world and, and no better earthly father than St. Joseph. So to have him walk with us this year, to learn from him, to receive his paternal love. What a beautiful thing. Such a beautiful thing. I'm just so thankful. I've had a long time devotion to um, St. Joseph. Uh, Several years ago, a good friend of mine gave me a little um, devotional 30-day novena to St. Joseph. And I learned a lot more about him through that 30-day novena. And was just really convicted to pray for not just the men in my family, but throughout our nation. As most people would agree that masculinity and fatherhood has really been under attack over the last, Mm -hmm. oh gosh, couple of decades now, I'd say. And, And we want to bring the light of Christ on that. And who better to show us than than St. Joseph. Right. I have my own little personal St. Joseph story that I have to tell. Please. Um, You know, as a convert, um, you know, praying to saints is something that, you know, is new when you come into the Catholic Church. Generally, it's not something that non-Catholics do, uh, particularly, you know, Protestants. Um, So one would think that when I came into the Catholic Church that perhaps the first, you know, saint I would pray to would be Mary, because obviously, you know, Mary, we got tons of prayers to her and she is preeminent of all saints. But actually, no, St. Joseph was the first saint I ever offered a prayer to for his intercession. And the reason was, is that during my conversion, my husband was having a really hard time um, with my call to become Catholic. Uh, He wasn't quite understanding it. And I thought to myself, who better to ask for help in this circumstance than from St. Joseph, who himself had to deal with a very difficult situation of his wife coming to him and telling him, yeah, so this is happening. And him being like, what the what? Yeah, (laughs) He had to deal with that. He, he, you know, he had to deal with his initial response of to be like, okay, yeah, I'm stepping out of this. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to quietly divorce her. He didn't want to shame her or anything, but he's like, I didn't sign up for this. That's right. But then, you know, he allowed the Lord to speak to his heart and, and he was, you know, staying in it. Mm. And so I, you know, I prayed to him for his intercession. Well, so fast forward from that point, let me see, how many years was it? At that point, it was, I think, two years later. My husband was out of work, and he had been for a little while. And I remember this. Right. And so he... Um, he actually hadn't, he was kind of discerning where he wanted to go. He was, he was, he had left academia and he was trying to decide where he wanted to go as far as whether he wanted to go into industry or, or whatever. So, um, he was, you know, in between jobs, but it wasn't like he'd been really working and looking for a job. He just kind of was in a discernment period. But anyway, at, at one point a job, um, opening pops up that it looked so perfectly designed for him that he just couldn't not apply for it. He's like, all right, well, this is really checking a lot of boxes, so I'm going to apply for it. So he applied for it. And then 
you know, he had a phone interview and then he, he went in for, uh, you know, a in-person interview. And so the day he went in to, for the in-person interview was nine days before the feast of St. Joseph the Worker. And so, you know, me, newbie Catholic, was like, oh, wow, that's like a novena. I can pray a novena to St. Joseph the Worker about yeah. this job intention. And and so I started the novena, and I remember so clearly on the feast day of St. Joseph the Worker, I was walking around in the mall here in College Station, Texas, actually, and I get a phone call from my husband, and he says, I got the job. And I freaked out, and I was like, I knew it. I knew you were going to get the job. I've been praying a novena to St. Joseph, the worker, and today is his feast day. And you, you know, and now you've got the job. Wow. And he didn't know I was praying this novena yeah. because he make would, sense. it didn't yeah. make sense to him or whatever. And he was, I have to admit, his response was so funny. He was like, yeah, it was all you. <laughs> I was like, no, it wasn't me. It was St. Joseph. Yeah, that's right. But anyway, so, you know, I just really mm. have this true love for St. Joseph and, and honestly in my own life have had experienced him yes, come through yes. in profound ways. Like, you know, I had that prayer early on cause my husband was struggling with my conversion. My husband has come around to be, to be beautifully supportive of my Catholic faith. And, and, you know, a lot of that stuff was just, has gone away. And yeah. so I, you know, I thank St. Joseph for his willingness to intercede in, in our lives. And he's been a pretty active part of uh, the Marvin family, too. So it was very strange. Like, Paul was born and raised Catholic. And I earlier, I guess, in our married life, I would, I would ask him about his sacraments because, you know, being a convert, you know, how was that for you? And he couldn't recall his confirmation. He just didn't didn't remember it. And um, his mother, oh, yes, you have, you know, you've been confirmed, but there was no recollection of it. And uh, I've, after further pressing, it was like his mother came back one time and says, you know what, you've not been confirmed. So mm-hmm. he found out as an adult that he had, he oh, thought okay. he had been confirmed, found out he hadn't been confirmed. And it was very traumatic. It was like really kind of heart wrenching, I would say to him, like, what, 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 like you were saying. <laughs> And so I started asking for St. Joseph to really pray for him, you know, to to do what was right or best and and to seek confirmation in his timing. And three years later, Paul went through the adult confirmation class. And guess whose saint name he took? St. Joseph. So he's been a very active part. And then two years ago, one of the ways I wanted to honor him at my house is I got the sleeping St. Joseph statue. Have you seen that one? Oh, I have. Yeah, it's precious. I love it. And and we do the prayer intentions. The first time I saw it was at the consecrated home Mm -hmm. out of Regnum Christi. They have a little St. Joseph and they would have little pieces of paper. You could write a prayer intention and stick under his pillow, so to speak. And so when you come to my house, you'll see my little St. Joseph. They're sleeping in the entryway way next to my holy family picture and with our some prayer intentions for mm-hmm. holy families underneath well that's really that's lovely yeah. I, and I, I do want to like as we talk about this topic you know like we say we we love to share these beautiful saint joseph stories i'm sure people could share tons of stories about how you know they help he helped them sell their house or any of these sort of things but for me i think um It's so important to look at him as a spiritual father and how God ordained that Christ would have an earthly father. I mean, we obviously know that, you know, his heavenly father was everything to Jesus. You know, their their relationship that they had, 
you know, is so profound and deep and they are one, right? The father and as the father is one with me and I am one with the father, this is how Jesus talks about, um, you know, the heavenly father, but also this earthly father who taught him and protected him and guided him in this life. Because, you know, honestly, like the heavenly father couldn't necessarily be there to teach him how to be a human, or carpentry. Right. And so Christ in his in his incarnation is both fully God and fully man. And in order to become fully man, he needed to be raised by a man who taught him how to be a man, you know, what it is to be an earthly man. And that's important. And it's a it's a beautiful role that was given to St. Joseph, who, unlike Mary, was not conceived without sin who is not, you know, immaculate and preserved from all stain of sin, you know, original sin. So in a way... He was the only one of the three. Yeah, the only (laughs) one of the three, right? So what I, you know, what I was about to say is like, you know, if if we struggle to relate to Mary sometimes because we're like, well, you know, she didn't have original sin, so how can she really relate? Well, maybe we can come to St. Joseph and be like, well, you're a little more like me. You know, you kind of get it. (laughs) <laughs> Not that yeah. Mary doesn't, but, you know, if you're striving for some more accessibility within the Holy Family, I mean, perhaps, you know, St. Joseph is, is a, a beautiful place to go. Right. You know, I'm glad you said that because it was a few years ago at the Red Sea Roundup Family um, Retreat. There was a speaker there who um, put St. Joseph into a really great perspective for my husband. So Paul really enjoyed the comment that he said, you know, St. Joseph was truly the leader of their household. He was the protector and he was the leader and he was the one with the most sin, but he was still called to lead. So that, that really like eased my husband's heart thinking, you know, I can still be the leader of my home no matter my state, you know, mm-hmm. how I am, how the state of my heart. And he found much comfort knowing St. Joseph was given that role with the most perfect of humans. Yeah, when I was reading the uh, apostolic letter, uh, there was a quote that really like jumped out at me. Uh, it said, and Pope Francis writes, a father realizes that he is most a father and an educator at the point when he becomes useless. What? Yep. Say that again. I'm going to so unpack that a little father bit. Realizes he's the most he's most a father and an educator at the point when he becomes useless, when he sees that his child has become independent and can walk the paths of life unaccompanied Mm. being father Pope emphasized has nothing to do with possession, but rather a sign pointing to a greater fatherhood that of the heavenly father. Mm. So this idea that yes, St. Joseph was the leader of the home the primary defender, provider, educator, but for the purpose of Jesus becoming a man, that he could then step forward out of that, you know, small holy family and become the 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 leader, the the one who is going to bring about the kingdom of God. But he's Joseph was very important in giving Christ, the tools to become that man. Yes. And, and, and so Joseph, you know, we think of him as silent, right? And he has no words in the gospels, no words. And he is so much a background figure 
into to a large extent. But in a way, what Pope Francis is saying is that is a sign of the success of his fatherhood. Mm. That because Christ was so fully a man, meant that Jesus that Joseph did his job. And that we as parents, you know, and particularly as fathers in, in fatherhood, like that's the goal to raise adults who then go forward and aren't like dependent, but become independent and free in the Lord. And what a beautiful like vocation sure is. to yeah. have. Um you know, as we transition to a little bit talking more about, I think you had mentioned that you've begun the Father Calloway book. I haven't begun it yet. Actually, oh, interestingly enough, okay. before Father, excuse me, before Pope Francis declared the year of St. Joseph, I had already planned to start the book by Father Calloway, which is, um, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's uh, called Consecration to St. Joseph. The Wonder of Our Spiritual Father. So it's a 33-day consecration to St. Joseph by Father Donald Calloway. And I was already planning on starting it January 1st because then I'll finish it on the Feast of the Presentation. So generally when you do one of these uh, consecrations, you try to pick a start date that's going to end you on a feast date that's relevant. Wonderful. So I I do love the presentation as as a feast day because... Um, what it, the feast, what the presentation really is to me as a feast day is Mary and Joseph living out their Jewish identity, living out the law that Moses has handed down that says that you are to present your firstborn son to the temple, have him circumcised and offer him to God. So Mary and Joseph are, are fulfilling, you know, the tenets of their faith. And so in that, you know, Joseph is being the spiritual head of his home. He is he doesn't have a lot of money, but he's getting those two turtle doves and he is going to Jerusalem. He's going to the temple and he is taking this son to be circumcised. Right. And what a beautiful example of spiritual fatherhood to be that spiritual head of the home that fulfills the law as you called to do. And so I love that I you know, had just already had that planned. And so when Pope Francis declared it the year of St. Joseph, I was like, yes, yeah, I'm like so prescient. No, I didn't think that, <laughs> but I just thought it was a beautiful coming together. Uh, of things. And so I'm really looking forward to going deeper and learning more about St. Joseph and what he has to teach us. Yeah. So one of my favorite um, lines, lines, names for St. Joseph, though, is Terror of Demons. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. I love that so much. And I didn't really know that until we got that um, 30 day novena. Uh, terror of demons and of course if you've listened to roundup at all you you know that i'm all about um, some spiritual warfare and calling on saint joseph the terror of demons um such a powerful imagery in my mind right. of the father of the holy family yeah. of course he's the terror of demons yeah it really does speak to that very very important role of a father to protect to protect his children to keep them from harm and uh, you know of course, the the demonic is certainly trying to harm the church, harm individuals, and to have you know someone who's interceding with us to to be our protectors. I, you know, we need that, right? And you were talking about him being the uh, a spiritual father to us all. You know, this foster father, a spiritual father to us all during this um, coming year. So let's talk a little bit more about how we can. Um, 
cultivate a relationship, maybe maybe the listener maybe has never really explored kind of that relationship we talk about with asking for a saint's intercession mm-hmm. and introducing them to Saint Joseph. You know, this is your father, <laughs> right? And ways that he can help. I know, I. I have always, um, especially with things about my house, right? Like there was a time where we really needed a new roof mm-hmm. and it was very expensive. And, and so I asked for his intercession. And sure enough, after a while, I had a few things fall into place just perfectly. And I got a new roof. And I was so thankful for the new roof. And I, I always accredit him with uh, our new roof. Mm-hmm. Um, think little things like that right. is what made me start that the home Yeah, and I do think that, you know, because there's such a big thing about St. Joseph and the home as far as selling your house, that's like, it's gotten to the point where it's almost cliche, right? And there's these arguments about whether or not it's appropriate to bury the statue in your yard and all that sort of thing. Sometimes we can get a little focused sometimes on asking for his intercession for very material things. Um, But the way I'm really thinking about him this year and really seeking his intercession is for healing and a lot of emotional relationships of father wounds. There are a lot of problems um, right now in our society of fatherlessness, either like literal fatherlessness in the sense that they're totally absent or that because of circumstances, um, people haven't experienced um, fatherhood in their lives as a positive thing, as a, as a, um, an encouraging thing as a, as a thing that it helps them grow into the people they want to be. God intended. Right. And so I really feel like St. Joseph could be such a powerful intercessor in seeking healing in those relationships. Um, you know, I actually looked up, um, some studies on the consequences of fatherlessness in society. And I came across a a Department of Health and Human Services um, survey that came out in in 2012. And it found that uh, children from fatherless homes are more likely to be poor, become involved in drug and alcohol abuse, drop out of school and suffer from health and emotional problems. So to not have a father in a home or to have like an absent father, emotionally absent father or an abusive father, any of these things, they really profoundly impact the a person's life in such a strong way, both materially as far as like, you know, just not being as successful in life, but also spiritually, because I know you, Pam, as having been a spiritual you know director for many years now, and as I'm training to become a spiritual director, these father wounds can impact your, a person's relationship with God so profoundly. profoundly. Like if you can't, if you haven't experienced the love of a father in a healthy way, the ability to experience the love of the father, the heavenly father can be seriously impacted. And so I think like, you know, we were saying Joseph perhaps can be a little bit more of an accessible way to enter into a relationship where you can experience a loving father that then can maybe help heal a human relationship with your, your human father and also may actually help build your relationship with the heavenly father. St. Joseph could potentially be the bridge for both of these things and how powerful in the life of a soul. Right. And as a mother, I have with four daughters, no less very much so prayed for 
or ask for St. Joseph intercession for holy men to come into their lives to build holy marriages. Cause I really feel like that's what God wants. And so when you petition for what God wants, he's usually right there trying to help out. But I do ask for St. Joseph to pray for the spouses of my children um, and then the future spouses of my other children. Yeah, that's a beautiful practice for sure. I think another thing we really ought to discuss regarding spiritual fatherhood is um, I really feel that we've lost a proper sense of this to a large degree as it relates to bishops and priests. Mm. Like this idea that I think so often um, what we're seeing that can be very much the focus in seminaries and things is sort of the... How are you managing a, a parish? How are you functioning in, in more of an, an administrative way? All these sort of demands that are on priests and this idea of how are you going to be a father to your flock? Like, I can, I'll be perfectly honest. In my uh, time as a Catholic, now I will still say I'm pretty, I'm still a baby Catholic to, for all <laughs> intents and purposes. Maybe a toddler by now. Do you think a toddler? Yeah, maybe. maybe a toddler. Okay. but So eight <laughs> years in the Catholic church yeah. now, um, going on nine, there have been very few times where I've experienced a priest who I have felt fatherly love from. Like, you know, I've, I've felt maybe, you know, maybe more of a pastoral, pastoral sort, of sure. sort of thing, yeah. like, you know, but, but that sense of that I would feel comfortable or, or feel like they would even desire to call me my daughter, that that would be something that they would even feel or be compelled towards. And I'm not saying they don't feel it. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that I haven't experienced it. And so maybe that's an area that we could also ask for St. Joseph to intercede for the church, that he helps priests and bishops become more fully the spiritual fathers that they're called to be to the flocks that the Lord gives them. You know, I'm going to add deacons to that, because as you're talking about those examples of spiritual fatherhood, guess who was the first person, first two people really that came to mind? You can guess the first one. No, I'm not going to guess. You just tell me. Ah, Deacon Mike Beauvais. Mm-hmm. And the next one who I find such good fraternal love from, too, is Deacon Dave Mays. Here, mm-hmm. This is locally in College Station. And I just find them to be so wise and have such great insight. And I, I feel enriched with having conversations with them in general. So yeah. I would add some deacons to that as well. Yeah, that idea of, you know, a, a spiritual father passing on wisdom, I mm. think is a really powerful one. Unfortunately, I think in our culture, there's been such a minimization and even a mocking of fatherhood. Like you think about so often in sitcoms and things like that, like you have like these bumbling males who don't seem to get it, right? They're just, a, they're a mess. They, they're, they're buffoons a lot of times they're not like this strong wisdom imparting solid figure you know it's it's almost like the wife's got it all together and the men are a mess well guess what there are so many beautiful faithful men who are leading their families and who are striving for holiness and when that exists within the home there's so much more order Yes. There's so much more peace. There's so much more sort of well-formed individuals coming out of that. Right. 
And so this idea that we need to encourage men, encourage them in their fatherhood, encourage them in masculine virtue. I mean, this term toxic masculinity has taken on and it makes me ill. Me too. Because what it does is it tells men that their masculinity is a problem, that it is something that is hurtful and damaging to people when the reality is that God has given us masculinity as a gift a gift that's meant to be used to bless the human family. And if you tell men your masculinity is bad, your masculinity is is hurtful, like they're not going to want to live out what it is to truly live the virtues that are associated with masculinity. Yeah. Um, like Thomas Aquinas writes quite, quite a bit about the virtue of, of authentic masculinity. And he talks about it as it relates to um, it's really related to perseverance and the cardinal virtue of fortitude. Fortitude, okay. This idea that one endures the difficulties and pains in this world for the sake of good, endures mortifications and sufferings, even death, with a review to their a view to their redemptive power. Wow. So, like this idea that we think about men who are willing to fight for their families, who are willing to stand up for the good of their families, who go to work and provide for their families and then also come home and they'll discipline them for their for love of their children and not because they want to be lords of the house in some authoritarian way, but because they understand that God has given them authority to instruct. Those things, like if you don't feel like you can really live out the authority that's God given you, then you're not going to right. live it. And then the family suffers from the lack of it, whether it be the, the family, the natural family of a mother and a father and children or the Christian family, as it relates to priest and his congregation. Yeah. Another, as you're saying that Megan, the, one of the words or virtues that really comes to mind is justice so I think our fathers are one of the first teachers. Like you said, they're usually more of a disciplinarian in the home, and they're enforcing a just law that's mm-hmm. handed down from God the Father. And we could use a lot more of that in this culture right now is true justice, doing what is right for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I do think that like that really does speak a lot to like you know what we often are seeing in churches today where, you know, priests are not willing to say the hard things. They're not willing to stand up for the timeless teachings of the Catholic faith because they're afraid of offending or they're afraid of, you know, people are, you know, going to walk out or whatever. But if you're really going to be a father, if you know that something's going to lead your child into pain and suffering and disorder you ought to tell them. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't, you don't abdicate your role as the primary like instructor of your, your yeah. child. Like, and so it's, it's a lack of courage. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, but it is a lack of courage and that fortitude that we talked about, but at the, at its core, it also is a lack of charity of supernatural love that says, I desire your good so much. I'm willing to suffer potential consequences of that, of living that out, of giving you that admonishment, of giving you that instruction that's hard. You know, I'm willing to have you be mad at me or come back at me with anger. 
um, or maybe even not put money in the <laughs> collection plate or whatever. <laughs> you know, like I'm willing to suffer that for the good, you know, for the redemptive power that comes in me and teaching you the truth about God's plan for us and how we're called to live. Amen. And, you know, you look at St. Joseph. Let's look, let's just like kind of look at the scenes in that the Bible gives us to speak of him. So really the first one is we, we hear that he's betrothed to Mary and we hear him described as what? A righteous man, man. Mm-hmm. a righteous man. Like, you know, so often people like, what do you want in a husband? Well, you know, I want somebody with a good job who makes a lot of money or whatever. Like, I want a righteous man, a man who is seeking to do the good, right. who is imbued with virtue because of his relationship with God. Righteousness first. Yes. That's who God picked for his son, a righteous man. And his and Mary. <laughs> and Mary. You know, for, but we're talking about fathers here. Yeah. But so then, you know, we have this thing where Mary's now pregnant and Joseph doesn't know how. And he's so yeah, he's his first response is, you know, maybe I'm gonna step out of this situation. But how was he gonna step out of it? quietly because he didn't want to shame her mm-hmm. even though she'd you know probably he experienced that as a wound like he he thought she cheated on him probably right. i mean how else does this happen he knows he didn't sleep with her mm-hmm. and she's pregnant and he hasn't had any you know what divine inspiration that it's anything other than the natural way a baby comes about but even in that pain he didn't want to hurt he didn't want to wound back he was too strong for that he didn't his woundedness didn't need to be inflicted upon somebody else how beautiful yeah so in our you know human relationships how often do we lash out when somebody hurts us but no the righteous joseph he doesn't do that and then he gets a dream that the lord speaks to him and says no it's okay marry her anyway what a sacrifice Yes, right? and there's that trust that we talk so often on the show is, is increasing that supernatural trust. And you can see that Joseph really had it in that moment. He trusted in the Father's plan. He did. He, he trusted. And I believe he knew that that meant he wasn't going to have children of his own with Mary. That he understood that to take on this role to be father, earthly father, to God's son, to the Messiah— and wife and husband to Mary, who carried the Almighty God in her womb. This was not going to be your normal marriage relationship where afterwards, you know, after Jesus was born, they're just going to continue on. And, you know, I, I, I think Joseph understood yeah. that. Yeah. Interesting you bring that up because one of my favorite books, I haven't I haven't quoted this book in, in a couple of years. I need to pick it back up again. It's um, Mary as Seen by the Mystics by Raphael Brown. Mm. And they talk about this time period, like the mystics had revealed that when Joseph finally, they went to each, started talking to one another um, after the angel had appeared, they had a conversation about perpetual virginity. Oh, like, interesting. Um, he was like, to make a long story short, he was quite relieved that she was had that perpetual virginity vow because he had taken one too. Mm. So he wanted oh, okay. to remain a perpe- perpetual. Uh, 
uh, virginity, and then they had to have that conversation yeah. after I've the angel appeared to him. Yeah. Interesting. Well, this is in you know this yeah. is just private revelation, right. sure. so take it or not. Certainly but it's, a possibility for yes, sure. Yeah. yeah, very beautiful. So what do, then? What do we see next? You know, we see him having to go for the census. He's taking his wife, who's very pregnant to Bethlehem on this journey. And so he's, he's the one like protecting them, you know, being there for them, providing for them. He's the one seeking the the place for her, you know, to give birth to the child. He's standing over her, watching over her as, as the baby is born and, and all that. And then, oh man, they've got to flee to Egypt. And who does, who does the Lord speak to? He doesn't come to sinless Mary. And tell her, he doesn't have an angel come to her again or give her a dream. No, he comes to the father of the family and he says, Joseph, your family's in trouble and you need to protect them. That's right. God worked through Joseph to save his son because that was the role that he was meant to play, to be the protector of his family, to be the provider of his family. And he did it. He just got up and did what he needed to do. Yeah. You know, and then. When the Lord came to him and said, okay, it's time to come home. He was obedient. So being obedient to God, I say, was, you know, to be that righteous man who listens to the voice of God, who waits until God guides, is a beautiful example of of Joseph's spiritual fatherhood that, you know, we can take, you know, a lot of instruction from to, to root how to lead in a family, how to lead in a, in a church, you know, the men can say, I need to listen to the voice of God and attend to that and then follow that when I hear it. Right. Would you say that's the spirit in which Pope Francis really wanted to proclaim this year, St. Joseph? Is that to foster that um, spiritual fatherhood among the flock, so to speak? I think absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, because he does say, uh, he, he, one of the quotes I also liked from him is he said, uh, Joseph knew how to love with extraordinary freedom. He never made himself the center of things. He did not think of himself, but focused instead on the lives of Mary and Jesus. Yeah. So this idea of selflessness, selflessness, mm-hmm. giving of yourself, you know, not feeling like I need to get my way. I need to be the center of things. I need to be the one that's, you know, proclaimed and adore, you know, and like, you know, he's, of the three, he's the humble one in the sense that he doesn't have the great honors of being the son of God and the pinnacle of human creation, right? right? And so, but to be willing to be in that role of my job being, you know, his job being, you know, put them first, put them forward. And that's what, in our lives, that's what we should all be doing, Right. Not trying to make ourselves the center of things, but putting Jesus forward and saying, this is what the world needs. Less of me, more of him. So true. You know? Absolutely. Just love that imagery of, of, you know, the Christ child in the arms of Mary at at, Christmas time with Joseph right there and saying, bringing Christ Mm -hmm. to the world and that beautiful fathership that he has and you know, I just would encourage listeners as a man to contemplate his his fortitude and as a woman um, to contemplate that protective nature and that justice that he provides for a home to kind of try and get things more back in balance with a holy family. Mm-hmm. You know, what does that mean? I think 
things have gotten off kilter for generations that haven't really experienced the right. father's love mm-hmm. through through the spiritual father and then through a natural father as well. That's um, we'll pray for healing in that. So I think that's going to be one of my prayers in 2021 in this year of St. Joseph is to pray for that type of uh, cultural healing of the fatherlessness you started to talk about, you know, mm-hmm. very important. And I think also, you know, you know, we talk about the lofty situation that, you know, he's got Mary who's, you know, immaculately conceived and, Jesus, who's the son of God, and yet still they're called to be obedient to him as the head of the household. You know, he talks about how, you know, after they found Jesus in the temple that he went home and was obedient unto them. And, you know, Mary, you know, we don't see her arguing with Joseph when he says, yeah, we got, we got to go to Egypt. You know, she's, we don't hear that. I mean, so, but I, I really feel like it's that righteousness. It's the understanding of the, the self-giving love that the Father has that then allows us to be free in our obedience to the Father because we trust their goodness mm-hmm. and their desires for our, for our good. Right. I think uh, one of the ways I want to kind of start to wrap up this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder and Roundup, <laughs> two for one, is that overwhelming sense of the love of the Father if you are a person who've not really experienced that through a human father and perhaps not in a way from our heavenly father that you will ask for St. Joseph intercession during this year of a, of St. Joseph to, to feel the father's love and the best person to look at that is Jesus outstretched on the cross. That is an outpouring and a welcoming of you in love. So I pray that you'll be able to to look toward that. And Megan, it's just so fun being with you. I really enjoy mm-hmm. our time together. I hope we can do this at least once or twice a year, maybe. Sure, absolutely. Would like I would love to. Well, so I have two taglines, one for Red Sea, and then I have one for um, the um, shoulder to shoulder. So I will let you do the shoulder to shoulder, and I'll finish with the Red Sea. Okay. Well, we thank all of our shoulder to shoulder listeners for tuning in and we pray that you would have a beautiful year of St. Joseph and God bless. God bless. And until next time, this is Red Sea Roundup. So go and love your neighbor.